devil in the detail. <laughs> Hello, what's this week's Devil in Detail podcast? I'm Rob Paxson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside. How's your week been, Paul? Yeah, all right, Rob. Yeah, busy really, and what have you with work and, and this, that, and the other. But no, doing all right. I couldn't get to Catalan at the weekend. I was devastated about that, really. But uh, it's one of them things, isn't it? Sometimes I followed a bit of it on Twitter and I got a bit nervous. So I went for a bath and when I came out of the bath, they'd scored 40 points. I was over the moon. But, but no, I've been, I've been doing good, mate. Looking forward to Thursday now. Came out of the bath 46 points later and we're all wrinkly. That was the rumour. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, don't know when you're not there. It's difficult to follow it on Twitter, isn't it? And you know, I'm not used to like that. So it's hard, and you just you try to imagine what's going on because I was out in the daytime and it's like pacing around. I kept saying like, "What oh, is only an hour to kick off? No, it's only half an hour." You like thinking about it, aren't you? On your mind all the time. But no, it was a, a great result, wasn't it? And obviously, we'll break it all down now. One, but yeah, over the moon with the score. Yeah. Great, great result for Salford. What did I do this week, Paul? Nothing much. Just enjoyed a bit of sun today. Obviously, not heat wave, but still a bit warm. It's, I think it's got warmer. I think at night as well. You've lost that that breeze, haven't you? Which is which is a problem when sleeping. Well, yeah, I've been a bit warm today at work actually. Well, last couple of days it started off pretty cool in the morning and then drizzling a bit, and then as the day's gone on, you like we've got my jumper on. I think yeah, it's it's really warm now. You know, I'm sweating like so. So it has. It's been surprising the weather. It's been it's been pretty good. It's been a bit of a mixed bag today, like where I've been like Blackburn and that. Uh, it's been all right. Did you have a tour with the local Costa Coffee establishments? I worked near Ewood Park this morning, Blackburn Rose is ground, went past there. I went to one of my favourite places, just outside Charlie, there's like, they build loads of houses there, like new build houses, so we get a lot of them to do. So there's a little village there, it's called Buckshaw Village, if anybody knows where it is. And it's uh, sort of between Leyland and Charlie, there's a lovely little Costa hidden away there. So I like to park up there before I come back, back to, sort of, I was back in Rochdale this afternoon. So yeah, I had a, I had a nice cappuccino, sat outside, put my feet up for half an hour and watched the world go by, that's the way I do it. <laughs> That's what it's all about. That's how he rolls, Mr. Whiteside. <laughs> yeah. Then I had a tough afternoon underneath the boiler and stretch it all over the show, but I'd had me nice half an hour, so I earned it. You did, you did. Keeps the economy going, that's all that matters. That's what Mr. Whiteside does. Keeps the keeps the wheels in. <laughs> we do our best, don't we? <laughs> so there's loads to go at uh, this week. We're going to look back at the, the Catalan week win. We spoke to Stuart Wilkinson, the Sulphur Devils reserve team head coach, about their victory against Warrington last weekend. We've got all the big news coming out of the club this week. We've got White Side's World of Rugby League, and then we're going to preview the games at on Thursday as the ladies take on Hull FC and the men take on Hull FC in a, a double header at the AJ Bear. So we'll start with the win away at Catalan. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford were victorious away in Catalan. They won 46 points to 14. Uh, Paul, great result uh, for Paul Rowley's men. Obviously, the, the race for the playoff spot is still on. Yeah, it, I think that was a massive bonus for us, really. I mean, if we'd have lost that game, it wouldn't have been over. I mean, we've still got three games left, but to win that game has put us in there already now. So, we're in the driving seat. It's in our hands now. We're not have to rely on other scores. So, that was a great win. I mean, 
I fancied us, but I thought we might win a tight game. I did never imagine us to go there and score 46 points against Catalan in the, in the heat there. Uh, they're the top side, aren't they? In the top sort of three or four in the table. So uh, to go there and, and do that to them. How many times have we done it now in the last few weeks? We've, we've turned the best sides over in the league and we just keep doing it. Uh, barring the, the defeat at Leeds, the form's absolutely outstanding. But it's, it's good anyway, watching the tries, the highlights of the tries. Again, every, I say this every week, they're not barge over tries, are they, from five yards out? They're all like class tries. Once again, you know, Tim Laffey, he's doing it every week, you know, those offloads and what have you. I'm starting to get a bit excited now, to be honest with you, I am. I don't know how the season's going to end, but uh, I'm going to enjoy it. Mm, it is exciting times, obviously, playing a uh, rally ball. It's, uh, it's certainly uh, <laughs> lighting up. The, uh, you know the the team and the city and the supporters. Cause obviously, you know we, we want to win, but if you if you're winning and playing good rugby at the same time, it's a bonus, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, and and it is. It's been been terrific. Some of the, the tries he scored. I mean, we mentioned people every week. I've just been writing the preview tonight and sort of single people out every week and. He seems to be praising everybody really because everybody's uh, praising. I've talked about Callum Watkins and there how well he's playing and you know chipping in with it with the tries he's scoring as well. It's uh, it's great to see. One thing I was disappointed in today was I saw the England night squad and there's no Salford players in it and unless they're all going to make the the main squad, which I doubt, but it's a bit disappointing really because you know how well we're playing the likes of Gerard, Dion Cross, and Jack Comer. I thought they'd be shoo-ins for that, so a bit disappointed on that one. But I suppose you, as a player, you can only do your best, can't you? Just play, play for your club, and that's in the lap of the gods whether you get picked for for England or what. So, but no, everyone's doing the job, and one of the guys I think deserves a special mention, Chris Atkin. I think he's been Mr. Reliable, really, isn't he? And 100 percenter and it's been great to see him. A lot of people were praising him on Twitter, saying how he sort of plays anywhere and anywhere he's, he's picked to play, he's, he's brilliant. We won their 46 nil a few years ago, didn't we? But people were telling me it was better than that performance. Catalans are a good side, aren't they? Got to the grand final last year, so to put 46 on them over there, not many teams go over there and do that. Mm. Obviously, looking back at the match, they opened the scoring, Tom Davis. That went over, but we hit back with a try from Mark Sneed. Lovely sort of weaving run through the Catalan defence to get over the line. A lot of people sort of talk about sort of Mark Sneed being the, the sort of the, the dictator behind the scenes, sort of getting the ball moving, but attacking the line. He's done it quite a lot this season. I think he's one of the top line breakers in the in the Super League this season. So it shows, obviously, you can teach old dogs new tricks. Well, yeah, and I think his partnership with Rory Croft has, has been tremendous, hasn't it? I mean, both of them seem to, to link up really well together. And he showed a bit of pace to score that try as well. He went through a good gap there and, and Brody Croft, obviously, he scored his try as well. And I think teams are, are finding them very, very difficult to play against at the moment. Aren't they? they don't really know what they're going to do. They don't know what they're going to come up with. And I think they both they both set the line on and they, they're both full of confidence. And I think the team's full of confidence. And that, to me, is, is if you're an opposition coach, how do you coach against a team that's full of confidence like that, that are willing to throw the ball about? You know, if you're an Ian Watson or, or a Matty Pete or whoever, Christian Wolf at St. Helens, how do you how do you coach against that? What do you what do you say? Because they, they, they're so full of confidence. Everyone's doing the job. Everyone's full of running. It must be a nightmare to, to play against, really. Yeah. Obviously, that Brodie Croft try, what a great try. And that was down the middle, showing what he's got, the pace to burn, able to spot the gap. Like I said, him and Mark Sneed, it's a perfect match. Well, yeah, well, they're backing themselves, aren't they? Brody Croft is. As soon as he sniffs a gap or, or sniffs half a chance, he's away. And uh, as brave as they come as well, very tough player. And I think Mark Sneed, we said it against Huddersfield, didn't we? How he managed that game, managed that last 20 minutes and did the, the little things right. And then obviously that game against Catalan. And I was so impressed, you know, to go over there in 30-odd degrees. 
it takes some doing that, and it does. And I mean, again, once again, they only took eighteen players. I think it was only an eighteen-man squad, so it, it's baffling me how, how well they're doing at the moment. But you know, Sneed and Croft has been a big partnership this season, and you probably struggle to find a better partnership in Super League than those two. It's been good when you've got two halfbacks who are playing well. They're happy. They're feeding off each other. The rest of the team can play off the back of that. Yeah, two tries uh, from Callum Watkins, Tom Davis sandwiched in between. But Callum Watkins, like we said, no representation in England Knights, but must be a, a shoo-in for the full England side, Callum. I would, yeah, I, I think, I won't put my mortgage on it, but I'd, I'd probably put a tenner on it that Callum Watkins would be in, in, the, in the England team. I would think so, definitely, the way he's been playing. I know he played there, didn't he, for the warm-up game and what have you. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say he'd be in there because he's he's the form-back row in the league, isn't he? And I think we spoke about him last week with Parky, didn't we? And Parky said it, he's, he's a specimen. And he is, you know, the, the size of the man and, and the fitness of the man. And he's so hard to tackle, he's so hard to put down. But he's clever as well. He's got a fantastic offload. He's probably lost that, like, yard of pace, as we've said. But, you know, the way he can get the ball out and the quality that he possesses. I mean, that quality, people, other people feed off, don't they? So I think he's been in sensational form for us. And, you know, he's scoring tries as well. He's, I don't know what his try tally is now, but he's probably got half a dozen this season. I've got another two at the weekend. So, yeah, he's a vital part of the team. And he plays big minutes. I think he plays 80 minutes most weeks. Yeah, obviously talking about quality. Next try was Ken Seal. Lovely offload by Tim Laffey. Sends Ken over the line. What could we keep saying about Tim Laffey? He's got, he's got that in the locker. And obviously Ken Seal knows where the line is. He gets a sniff. He's over the line. Well, it's normally Joe Burgess that he feeds Tim Laffey. So whether they swapped over there, I'm not too sure You know what happened there. But uh, but no, Ken Seal feeds off it. And how many Seal got now? 24, 25 tries this season. So he just seems to keep scoring, doesn't he? But Laffey... I mean, teams, are, they can't defend against him. I mean, he's doing this every week, but teams must watch the video and think, right, we've got to watch that Tim Laffey. He likes to offload the ball, but they're not stopping him because he just keeps doing it. And, and it's absolute quality. You can't defend against that, though. Kind of the way he's getting that ball out, it's that one-handed offload. It's, it's tremendous stuff. It's a real skill to have that. And I did see a funny tweet on Twitter last week or after the weekend saying that Tim Laffey will probably end up at a big club next season. So a big club might be after him, whoever the big clubs are. So I think he's doing all right, it's over at the ball. No. Yeah, don't we, we want to keep it on the down low just in case people do come sniffing. It's been a star for us, and obviously, when he when he came in as a late sort of signing in the season, you know, we didn't really know what to expect. Parker likes to tell us that he knew what was coming, but we'll have to wait. I don't know about that, but you know, he, he has been you know, he has been sensational for us, and yeah, he's it's, it's certainly you know one of our performers. Talking about another star performer for us was uh, as Chris Atkin. He's got over the line. Lovely kick from Rory Croft and uh, Chris Atkin gets over the line. He's been you know, really good for us in the last few weeks. He's sort of filling in. I think he's playing loose forward at one point, but he's got magic hands quick and also he chased back and uh, tackled a, a Catalan defender at one point and stopped a certain try there. So he's got, he's got everything in his locker uh, Chris Atkin. A great player in our team. Chris Atkins is a quality player. He's quality. He can play in a number of positions. He's very, very adaptable. He's a goal kicker. He's good with the ball in his hands. He's good when he puts the ball on his boot. He's a very, very valuable tool to have in the, in the squad. And I really, really hope he stays for next season. I, I don't know about his contract situation. I did hear things about other sides coming in for him or other sides being interested. But I think it'd be a travesty to let him go because he, his attitude's first class as well. You know, there's been times where he's not... Not been able to get into the side you know, for one reason or another. Um, 
you know, because of the way it was picked and things like that. And you know, he, he just seems to hang about and take his chances. Always, his fitness is, is is second to none. You know, his engine's fantastic, and he, he's a cracking player. I, I think he's a great player. Delighted for him to score at the weekend. And yeah, let's let's hope we hang on to him because I think him and Andy Ackers really complement each other. I mean, Andy Ackers is another guy whose form's absolutely sensational at the moment. He's improved. Tenfold this season, Andy Akers hasn't he? And I think he's having a massive impact on the team, especially his goal forward. You know, where he runs from dummy half. Yeah, he's, he has been, you know, sensational. And I just think, like you said, if we can keep hold of him, we can build on sort of the players around him. It'll be more, even more dangerous. And yeah, very, very good player. Very good player. Um, talking about another good player, Ryan Briley, fullback went over. Good try from him. And Salford's final try was Dion Cross going over in the corner. You know, both know where the line is. Both showing good pace and strength to get over. Definitely, yeah. I mean, Dion Cross, we've, we've sung his praise this season. I mean, you're probably talking Brody Croft, Tim Lafay, Dion Cross, players that nobody seemed bothered about. They did it. Tim Lafay played in the NRL, but sort of cast aside, really, as was Brody Croft. Nobody wanted him. There was teams over here who probably could have signed him, but we, as we did with Jackson Aston's a few years ago, took a chance on these these guys, and, and now they've become sort of real valuable players. I mean, I wouldn't like to to say what the value of those guys are, but I think there's there's plenty of teams in Super League who'd sort of bite your hand off for them, wouldn't you? So, uh, so Dean Cross has been a tremendous find. I think he's had a great season so far. As I said before, I'd have him in that England night squad. I think he deserves it the way he's played, but uh, we'll have to see how that develops, but his performances so would have been tremendous. Ryan Briley as well. I think I think Ryan's a Scotland international, isn't he? So he'll be playing for Scotland at the World Cup. There's no doubt about that. And he kicked a couple of goals for us as well at the weekend. When Mark Sneed, I think Mark, did Mark Sneed go off in the in the game? Yeah, he went off and come back on. Yeah, come back on again. So yeah, just showing there. Ryan Briley can kick the goals as well. So Paul Rowley mixing it up a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fans in Catalan really had a good by the sound of it making loads of noise and obviously you know with the glory glory nights in Europe are always the top when it's uh, following Salford yeah definitely we had some good nights there I mean it's been few and far between we've not had loads of wins there but I thought from the photographs I saw and, and everybody I've sp- spoke to who's been everybody had a, a great time and Paul Rowley said during the press conference about the 18th man, I think the players and Paul Rowley, the coaching staff, Kurt Eckerty, Danny Hall, I think they're all very appreciative of, of the support. I think our support's fantastic, especially at the AJ Bell Stadium as well. We've won eight from 11 at home, haven't we? And the crowd, the atmosphere is tremendous. And I think the players really lift to that, don't they? And I think they appreciated that at the weekend. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Talking about stats now, Paul. Top tacklers, Callum Watkins with 27. Andy Ackers with 38, Elijah Taylor with 37, Alex Gerrard with 26 and Chris Atkin with 22. Forwards, obviously, in that heat, working hard. Oh, definitely, yeah. I, I, I saw those, those stats and Ger- Alex Gerrard again, another fantastic player for us. He's one of my favourite players this season. I think tremendous. He's, his work rate, the minutes he puts in, he's another one that, that puts massive minutes in. Great pair of hands as well going forward. And he's, he's another player that's come out of nowhere. I mean, before he came to Salford, you'd not really heard of him. You wouldn't you wouldn't say, Oh, he's had a great career and that really. He's probably had a modest career, hasn't he? Playing at like Lee and, and, and Witness and then coming to Salford he's really shining, he's really found his home, hasn't he? So so yeah, a great shift there in, in those conditions. It, it looked like it was a, a real tough task going over there, but the, the players have come through with flying colours, haven't they, with a tremendous performance. Mm-hmm. Talking about the top meter makers, Callum Watkins, 136, Tim Lafay, 115, Joel Burgess, 112, Rodie Croft, 184, Andy Ackers, 110, Jack Armanroyd, 68, and Alex Gerrard, 68. I always say if you get five or six over 100, you're going the right direction. 
Yeah, there's, there's plenty there who've got over 100. Brody Craft again, you know, showing his, his skills there with all that, that, that running. And, and, and Jack Armand right as well, Alex Gerard, 68, it's not no mean feet in that sort of heat. So they, they weren't doing the big breaks either, you know, loose ball, they're, they're doing the hard yards, aren't they? Against the big Catalan Dragons pack, you know, they've got some big forwards there, haven't they, as well? So, uh, you know, Dylan Knapp is a big lad and Gil Dudson, who we know from his time at, at Salford. So, so yeah, you know, really top performance. Yeah, big thanks for your three-word match reports and man of the matches. David Deakin, Minerals, Blackbone, Steel. And he thought the team deserved it. The man of the match, Patrick Conley. Oh, done a bit dummy in French here. Non-somme formidable. Croft, Natalie Taylor, Led Diablo Rouge. And she thought the, the travelling army of Soul fans deserved the, the, the man of the match performance. Chris Worsley, bang that chair. I think he's talking about Tim Laffey's uh, chair banging in the uh, team victory song after the game. Paul, they, all, they always get so excited, don't they, about that? It's good to see. Oh, it's great. Well, I think it's great to, to see that. And, and you can hear them and all, can't you, when we're hanging about the press room? Yeah. Right? You, you can hear. He's certainly good against Huddersfield anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's great. I think the team's great and the club's fantastic. And the song that the, the, the players have, it's become a real tradition that over the years, hasn't it? Now? Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. DL, Master class performance Croft Colin Reynolds truly amazing performance man of match 1-17 to OSF Diablo Rouge the old club Matt Taylor what a team so uh, big thanks for your three word match reports and man of the matches I'm going to assume everyone else was either drunk or at home well there's plenty there to, to go out isn't there so there's quite a few of them, the initials aren't they OSF and KDF and mm. who are these people great great to see we it's funny with Twitter, isn't it? You don't always know who everybody is, but uh, but no, no, we've got a lot of excited people there, and as you say, loads of pe- different people getting mentions as well. Yeah, yeah. Also, the Sulphur Devils reserves were in action on Saturday. They faced Warrington Wolves, and I spoke to head coach Stuart Wilkinson about the game and what he's doing behind the scenes at the the reserves. And this is what he had to say. <laughs> Coach's corner. So we're joined by Sulphur Devils reserve team head coach Stuart Wilkinson. Welcome to the sh- welcome to the show, Stuart. Obviously, your boys were in action on Saturday. They beat Warrington Wolves thirty points to twenty six. What a great result for your boys! Yeah, yeah. Firstly, Robert, thanks for having me and giving me this opportunity. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're pretty happy with where we're at. You know, we've been we've been in some close scrapes this year and, and fell on the wrong side of some tight games and ended up drawing and stuff. But they finally learned how to close down a game, and you can't experience it till you failed a few times, Robert. When you're young, so the fact that they've learned from that and they, they did that, you know, instead of looking for, to try and win it again and again, you know, they, they've, they've been a bit more ruthless and shut shut Warrington down and did some really nice touch finding kicks and and just switched back to some you know low risk high percentage plays. That we talked about, but it took them a bit of a journey. But it, I think this year was always going to be a, a learning curve for them. And I said at the start of the season, judge this team mm-hmm. in the last five games, and, and they've been pretty good. To be fair, they've, they've run a lot of good. You know, all the Rolls Royce teams, and they've, they've, they've managed to put some good performances together. Obviously, Warrington took the lead, but we hit back with a try from Matthew Unsworth. Lovely work by uh, Matthew Rudd to, to send him send him in for a try. Obviously, Rudd is, is a good player, isn't he? That's right, yeah. It was Matt's debut. So you've got to remember where Matt comes from. Plays at Latchford. Mm-hmm. Never been an academy player. Straight off the amateur ranks. 
done some done some international students. John Fieldhouse picked him up and he came in on a, a train and trial thing that we run for, for, for talented young locals. Made an impression. Uh, Jack Stevens got injured a few weeks ago mm-hmm. did his show. So he presented an opportunity to, for Matty Rudd and he's fitting perfectly. I think he's got a good future at Salford and possibly a good future in the professional game somewhere as well. Uh, we'll have to go a little bit further with him to to sort of see if he's ever going to make the grade at Super League, you know. But Championship One and Championship could be a place where Matty could end up playing for the next ten years, I think, because he, he certainly tell. And Toby Hughes, who, who played in the halves as well, was probably the you know Toby's been you know one of the best halves in all reserve grade games this year. He's outplayed most of the halves we've had, and he was playing at uh, Newton Storm last year. So that's where we're at. I suppose it tells a story of where we're at with our reserves, that we haven't got a, 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 an actual Category 1 academy. So we either get the Development Academy kids come through Danny's and the college. So we've got a few of them that started to transition into the reserves. And then amateur lads that have come for trials. So I'm, I'm really happy with the two halves that played at the weekend because they outplayed Warrington's academy players that have, or reserve players that have been there for probably eight to nine years. Yeah, opportunity clubs gives opportunity, doesn't it? And that and that's what you know, Soap Red Devils are, aren't they? Really, that and that's <laughs> us, 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 obviously, sort of fans. We we sort of look at sort of the players coming in, and, and obviously, like you said, you're at you know at the coalface, aren't you? Developing these players. That's it. Yes, you know, Salford's got a great reputation. You can't forget what they've done with people. You know what I mean? Like Richie Myler, uh, Stephen Ratchford, the kid that's playing at Salford now, Matty. He, he was at St. Helens for a bit and he went to Wigan and he's done great things. Sorry if he slips my mind, but... Uh, oh, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone for yeah. me as well. You know, there's a number of young players that come yeah, to yeah. Salford and, and become great players. Mm. So we are an attraction for those people that have been sort of forgotten about and, and cast, to, cast to one side. And, and Salford have always traditionally done a great job with those. Um, of course, now they're having a lot of success and, and playing some wonderful stuff at first team. Mm. You know, there's a really good chance we'll hang on to that talent instead of other people trying to cherry pick it. You know, like the the, the young French kid that ended up at St. Helens and won everything. Mm. Um, the Alphage. Yeah, so so Salford have uh, have got a great reputation in picking up people that that, that uh, people have forgotten about, players that have forgotten about, and turning them into you know uh, international players and, and kids that go on to win stuff. So that's our sell when we start to talk to local amateurs, you know, the young players that they're in. It is a good place to come to, and you've got an opportunity. Yeah, I suppose it's just a, just a matter of trying to keep them. <laughs> that's the thing when they get a bit too good, we got to make sure yeah. we try and build that team around them, don't we? I don't think Paul Rowley and Ian Bleaser or Paul Trainer who have come and watched most of the games will let that happen because they're already talking about some some of the players in the reserves that they might want to promote the working on ways if they can do it mm. to try and get them involved. So um, that's brilliant. That's a, that's like us winning the grand final. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and people need to remember that at Salford that. Uh, that's what the reserves is for: is transferring talent into first team players. And, and you know, we've had you know, like the, the, the three Welsh kids, and and you know, so you've got their total novices, Robert. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't even think they've played double figures in rugby league games between them. Mm. You've got Dan Tonks who who come travels up from Gloucester, and Miles Harrop who travels down from Kendall. Mm. They're rugby union players that have learned rugby league, so. A, th- a third of our squad are total novices this year, learning rugby league for the first time. And what is really good news is that, that, that you know, like a couple of the Welsh kids has really taken the eye of the first team coaching staff. 
You know, mm. Jacob Lee's got the X factor, scored yeah. a great play on Saturday, mm. broke through the St. Helens's line, broke through Leeds Lionel's line. So and he's only learning the game. Mm. Um, so he's taking the eye of the first team staff. And and I think probably Finn Yates, who, who made his debut at the weekend, you know, he's been with Chris Irwin and that in the under 18s this this year, and they've signed him from there. He's moved to the Northwest and he's working at the Crusaders as a development officer. So he's able to train with us regular now. He made his debut. I really seriously think we've got a real special talent on our hands. And he's walking around Salford. This is the beauty of reserves. And nobody knows him. In five years' time, we will. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think they might be opening doors for him. Yeah. Because a lot of people are really polite. He, op he opened the, the door for some of the staff of the week and they wouldn't have a clue who he is. Right. But in five years' time, things will soon change. And that's the lovely thing about the reserves, um, is watching them grow and developing to really talented young men and, and then start to do things that, that capture the eye of the first-team staff. Yeah, I remember obviously back in back sort of the I think about late night is we had the, the A team and that was a similar thing where you where you see these kids come through and then obviously progress into a first team if the opportunity came along and you know we we talk about sort of how this development works and and obviously you're sort of involved in that and you're you're looking at this sort of the team and you're thinking to yourselves how long how long do you think it will be before we we get to see these these players in the first team do you think do you, do you obviously talk to Paul Rowley about Sort of possible uh, every, sort of players. Every, every, every game he attends every game and and, right. and, and, and watches his train. And the, the first team staff were at training the other day, and they were just saying, you know, they were picking people out who really impressed them. And they are trying the best to to, to get them, you know, uh, transferred into the first team squad this the end of this year, maybe next, start of next year mm. uh, if things go right for them. So you could probably see him start to, to 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 appear in in some of the friendlies early on in the year. But depend, you know, because the ex accelerate that much novices Robert from my experience uh, you could, you're, you're looking at probably the back end of next year yeah. and you might be starting to make the first team debut mm. because they'll and, be involved with the first team that much yeah. through the day they'll just accelerate physically technically tactically mentally and everything so how, how does that work out do you go to Paul Rowley and say look I've got a second row here it's going to be it could be Super League in, in sort of two years time or does he come to you and say you know I'm looking for a, a centre is anyone sort of available do you think for the next 18 months he, do, he doesn't miss the games Robert. no so, so he makes his own mind him and Ian him and Ian talk all the time about certain mm -hmm. people so yeah um, the further it's gone and, and what, what, what's been really pleasing they've been really patient because at the start of the year it was you know you've got all these novices learning how to play then all these amateurs that have been chunked together they've mm -hmm. not been in a system so it was always going to take its time so this time of year is really it's really pleasing to see that they're having conversations about them so, you know, it's it's more about, you know, Aggie talking to me. We said the other day, he said, who's that? That's that's that Welsh kid, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Coop, you know, some physique on him, what an athlete. Um, and he is because he's, he's a he's a 400-metre international athlete for Wales. And every time mm -hmm. he races, he gets a medal. He's always on the podium. And now he's learning how to play rugby league. Right. You know what I mean? So, and he's took his eye because he's a phenomenal athlete. He'll yeah, yeah. first no problem but he needs to learn rugby league so that's where we're at and that's where that's what happens most of the time but you know my experience of working at Wigan and Leeds these kids have played there since they were eight years old mm. do you know what I mean and then they've been in the system since they were 12 ours aren't there so no. we, we've had to work really hard to teach them how to be professional players in terms of gym sleep eating and everything mm. else because they are going to be first team players in the end yeah but obviously you've had a 
a sort of marvelous sort of coaching and career, you know, internationally, you know, with France and, and, and Serbia and so is it England uh, Academy? Uh, yeah, so sure. Great Britain as well. So yeah, you know, you've yeah. you've been involved in in a sort of sort of the process, aren't you? And, mm. and at Salford, you kind of sort of building a process now, aren't you? So right, is yeah. it easier to, to to create your own process, or or is it sort of more? You know, if you have a process in place, what's what's easier when you're a coach building your own, or having one that's already set? Yeah, I think you know, if you'd have asked me that 20, 30 years ago when I first set off, mm. you know, there's a blueprint that you drop somewhere. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But when I got into it, it's, it's such an interesting story, Robert. Like for Leeds, say for Leeds, if you look at the Leeds example for a, for a minute, mm. um, it's a soccer mad city. Mm. They play rugby second. Lee Smith was at Man U. Carl right. Abler was, was was at Doncaster football. Rugby was second to them all. Mm. You know, same as Danny Maguire. Danny, Danny Maguire could have played cricket for Yorkshire mm-hmm. and rugby was his second choice. So they cut that when they because they haven't specialised. They come through really good athletes. Mm. Okay, now you go to Wigan. If you're a lad in Wigan, you're playing rugby. Yeah. So they've specialised. That's all they've done. Mm. Okay. So while they might not be the greatest athletes, they're the bloody smartest players. Mm. So wherever you go, it's always different. So you know, one of the benefits of all that wisdom now is you know uh, Salford can actually build their own. Um, ecological system, if you like, or or player development pathway that mm. suits this red uh, this red line that this red thread that Ian and, and Paul talks about. So we 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 know what Salford want, you know, and what caliber of player they want, and what sort of DNA they're looking for. And we 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 everything we do in training helps direct them towards becoming, you know, having that 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 red thread, that DNA that Salford are looking for. Mm. So yeah, you, you do. The the best thing to do is, you know, Salford can't do what Wigan do and they don't want to do what Saints do. They've got to create their own own method of doing it. Mm. I'm so I hope I'm not losing your ear a bit, Robert, or some of your listeners, but that's what we're doing. We know the DNA, okay. We know what they need to look like. Okay, and everything we do in training directs them towards that tough, nuggety, unentitled, all right, high yield, low maintenance young man. Mm. Okay, and that's what we do. So the, the, the gym's hard, the training's hard, all right, it's unforgiving, and they don't expect anything. Okay, they don't ask for anything. Okay, so that's our, that's our, our culture. Um, and in, inside that, obviously, you've got athletes, you've got you've got clutch players with kicks, you've got ball players. All these have got their own attributes. But in terms of the the culture and the DNA, all right, we're giving we're, we're hoping to provide our system, our pathway, if you like, is that's the cornerstone of it. You know, you'll not get through if you're an entitled young man that's spoiled. You know, what I mean, you've got to chisel something out for yourself and we present challenges like that to the players all the time. So to answer your question, I suppose I'll give you some some of the contents of the pathway. But yeah, you build your own. And you build your own to suit what what Salford reputation is all about. So when Paul inherits them um on the, on the first team staff, you know, they're easy to manage. Mm-hmm. High yield, low maintenance, tough nuggety kids. Obviously, you you've obviously had a great sort of sort of developing uh, sort of the kids into 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 international players. The kids of today are they any different to the kids when you started? Do you think? Yeah, because because grassroots sports has gone up a notch. Mm. You've got to give grassroots sports a pat on the back. These mm. local clubs now they do they're doing really good jobs, um, and professional clubs facilitate help facilitate that with embedding the pathway. So they weren't in place 20 years ago. You had to do it yourself. So your, 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 your academy, your scholarships did a lot of good work 
for a, for a small amount of people. Mm. Whereas now, because like the, some of the projects that Salford run, like in Embedding the Pathway that Danny runs, the Shooting Stars, it, it, it's it's a walking program. So there's a massive population getting developed early on. And, and, and amateur clubs are doing a great job as well. So I sort of think to myself now, there's no real need for scholarship under 14s anymore. Mm. Uh, and with with you know, there's no disposable income anymore. That it, we could scrap that because junior clubs do a, are doing a much better job than they've ever done before. Coaches at junior level uh, are, are, are always seeking new knowledge and asking for help. And of course, Danny and, and the ETP pathway stuff facilitate that for schools and everything really. So um, it has changed. Players are much smarter. They, you know, they all know game plans because they've, they've had it at the, at the junior clubs. Mm. Uh, um, and there's more international opportunities as well that, that, we do, that, that wasn't there 20 years ago. So we've got, at the moment, we've got four, four five Welsh kids going, flying to Italy, mm. okay, that are all going to play for for, for Wales under-19s. We've got Nathan Connell playing for Ireland under-19s. We've got Toby Hughes and Josh Wagstaff playing for England under-19s. And Sadiq, who plays, who's just come in on trial, he's just been picked for Spain. Mm-hmm. So 20 years ago, you wouldn't have had those opportunities. And they're all at Salford. We've got yeah. them, Salford. And while it's not England Academy, which is the really sexy stuff, which we might get to in the end, we've got half a dozen um, international rugby players in our reserves that are starting to make the way in the world. That wasn't there 20 years ago. And that provides them with a really good education and cultures as well. Yeah, and it kind of boosted the club as well because you've got sort of people representing the country who are training and, and playing at a higher level, which le- which lifts everyone up, doesn't it, when you come back to the mm-hmm. sort of club level? Yeah, it's some player that Nathan Connell, you know, he's come mm-hmm. through from, obviously, um, he, he joined the Rising Stars many years ago, fell in love with Salford, joined the travel from Wigan to join the, the, the college academy, and has been with Danny for two or three years, and now he's just moved into reserves, and his first name on the team sheet. Mm. He's about to play international football for the first time in his life. Do you know what I mean? That's what Salford are about, Robert. Uh, getting somebody that somebody's missed, and he's a phenomenal athlete. Mm. He really is. So he can train the house down. He runs like the wind, and and he's under the radar. Nobody's knows him yet. You know what I mean? And he's ours. And that's the good thing about what we're doing. He'll be taking. He'll, he'll probably be catching the eye sometime next year. Yeah. Staff, if you like. And obviously, because he's one of ours, he'll he'll have that affinity with the club, won't we? So he will give that extra one percent one percent, which makes yeah. a big difference in it in them in in them matches sometimes. Yeah, they've looked after him as well, you know. So mm. Neil Blackburn and then they've given him an apprenticeship job where he's delivering it in schools and stuff like that. And I said to Danny, how's he doing? And he said he's just absolutely a superb young man. Mm. He's so good with everybody. You know what I mean? He's he's don't he don't take a shortcut anywhere and actually loves what he's doing. So we've got a gem there, Robert, that nobody knows yet. I'm pretty sure he'll be he'll be on everybody's uh, lips in five years' time at Salford. So they'll have to bleep him out now so no one knows, no one comes and gets him. The catch in the eye. I mean, we went to we went to every time we've been to a to one of the Rolls Royce clubs like at St. Helens and and Leeds and, and then Warrington at the weekend, the same where'd you game from? Where's he been? And you know, mm. so fullback, you know, Josh Rourke. Yeah, he's, good a, player. he's, a, he's a fireman and you know, he's, he's a marked man in, in, in reserve grade. He's got such a good reputation. Mm. Uh, um, it's like that. So, you know, you know, it's really nice to hear the, the Warrington staff at the weekend saying, What a good bunch of rough, tough mm. rugby players you've got there. How you know, it's embarrassing. You 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 you've had seventy players turn up for a reserve, and you won't believe how much money we've spent on this academy and these reserves. Mm. 
I suppose to, talking about sort of Josh Rocky, he scored two tries, kicked a couple mm. of three, three goals. I think he kicked as well. Like you said, he he, he is a good player. Uh, his Very second special. try, uh, I think was it Matt? Is it Henry made a break on 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 yeah. on the outside and gave it him? He ran forty yards and scored. Uh, yeah. And it was it, two tries. First one was kind of from twenty yards out. Dummy went through. So it's different kinds of tries as well, uh, which, which yeah. kind of impressed me. Yeah, he can. He's got a multitude of skills, and 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 you've seen it yourself now, Rob. How beautiful does he run? Yeah. It's like a gazelle. Yeah, so yeah. he just he just pulled away gracefully from the you know from the you know Bev Risman style away from the the, the chasing Warrington players. Mm. Really, really good try. But he gets them every week. Sometimes, like I say, we fall on the wrong side of stuff. Mm. And, that, and that's what's always it's about developing, isn't it? And you know, players mm. like him, I'm sure he'll be on on the sort of radar of Paul Rowling if he mm. continues to develop. And, and who knows, he could he could be our fullback in sort of three five years time. Yeah, he's certainly, he's certainly got some of the DNA that Paul looks for. Mm. You know, he's a bit Ryan Brayley-like, isn't he? Because yeah, he's yeah. got that really good pass play and he catches teams out, you know, on play one. And so he's got that he's got that bit of DNA that Paul likes. Mm. But then, you know, he's got to, you know, he, he'll have a big decision to make, I think, because, you know, what do firemen get? 40 grand a year? You know what I mean? So, you know, is is he a is is he is he is he a super league player at forty grand a year? I don't think so yet. Mm. You know what I mean? So, but he knows that he's got his level edit. I speak to him about that all the time. Mm. He knows people are interested, and you know, one day he'll have to make a decision which way he goes. I suppose that is a a thing when you're in in sort of the reserve grade level, because like you said. The, these players are all kind of part time, aren't they? They've got sort of real, real jobs outside, outside rugby, mm. aren't they? They have to make a decision on whether to go all in on on a on a super rugby league career. And if obviously you don't make it, then obviously they've got to go back to square one. Hopefully, like you say, if the club have sort of done done the sort of work behind the scenes and educated them, then they might have sort of a, sort of uh, skills to fall back on. But it is a sort of a question that that will go through many players' heads. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 it's, we've got a mixed bunch, you know, like you mentioned Matty Unsworth before. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a rural architect, probably on more money than Paul Rawley. So right. he, builds, he builds flood defences and dams. What an interesting young man he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's been playing at uh, Chevy Sharks mm. in Wigan, come down for a trial and has done fantastic. So I'll have Matty for a couple of years. And as a young man, he drives a big flash car and he's got a big house and stuff like that because he's got this wonderful job. So will will he break into into Super League? I think you know if he's sensible, he doesn't. He might mm. go and play for for Lee or for Swinton for ten years. Mm. So we have that as well. We can't, you know, they've got they'll have to they'll come to a crossroads in their lives. Mm. You know, do I carry on with my career? And we've got pizza deliverers that are yeah. itching to get something, and we've got students that are itching to get something that have got equal amount of talent. So we've got this mixed bunch. Of uh, of kids that that bond have bonded together and and contribute so much so much to each other's experiences, mm. you know, you know, from ground workers to like I say, rural architects that build flood defences. I've never met one of them until I met Matty Unsworth. It's just been a part of job, isn't it? With all, with all the climate change, you need to make sure that no one gets flooded up. That'd be yeah. a, that, you need we need might need him to like you say might need him in the future yeah. um, anorak, so I find him quite interesting he always what he's working on now and he tells me these fantastic stories right. really friendly stuff so but anyway enough about Matty I'll tell you another good player Johnny Openshaw Hooker, yes. you know, round the rock, devastating. You know, I, I think did he go on? Did he go on loan? I think earlier in the season. Yeah, he's, he's got a due registration with Oldham, so he goes to play for Stuart Little when in the games that we don't have him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's what he, he's, he's really driven to become a professional rugby league player. Yeah, yeah. 
and it's probably the first one everybody talks about at Salford. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he's got some challenges ahead. So, you know, because you've got to remember Paul Rowley, the first thing he looks at is a hooker. Yeah, he's yeah. international hooker himself. Mm-hmm. So uh, Johnny's mission is to really become a bit like uh, Paul McShane and Andy Ackers. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he's got the explosiveness. Yes, he's got a superb attitude. Mm-hmm. All right, trains the house down. There's so many good things about uh, Johnny as in terms of athleticism. Yeah, yeah. But then Rolls wants him to be a smart player as well. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's trying his best to become that too. And he's got it in him. He's certainly got it in, in him to become, you know, another Andy Ackers or a Paul McShane type hooker that can control the team and can shift momentum in the game because, you know, that's what those good players do. So unfortunate again, you know, my own experience, I, I, I signed and coached Paul McShane when I was at Leeds. So I've had him and Michael McLaurin through me hands. So right. I've got a good idea of what I can help Johnny with to help him direct him towards what Rolls is looking for. Yeah, good player. Good player. Also, another good player, uh, Miles uh, Dalton Harrop uh, and yeah. Nathan Taylor. I know Nathan Taylor's injured at the moment. I think he hurt mm-hmm. his ankle. But earlier in the season, I watched them play and they were they were brilliant strike. Yeah, yeah. Nathan's a really clever winger. He's not blessed with pace, which is really unusual for a winger. Uh, but he does some great things for the team. You know, particularly those early plays, he puts us on the front foot, and he can finish too. So it's just unfortunate he, he had a really bad break, and he's on his way back now. So we're not having too many expectations on Nathan because it is touch and go. It was that bad a break, Robert. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we, we might we... have lost him, but we're we're hoping we haven't. And with Miles, Miles has come down from Kendall Rugby Union. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, you know, Gary Chambers and Richard Marshall picked him out as the best player um, on Saturday. He's been consistent as well. So, you know, Miles has learned rugby league this year. Now, if I was to put money on it now, Robert, he's a championship one centre. Mm. He could cope with that comfortably. Yeah. Now, if he gets into the first team environment, he could probably kick on again. Mm. You know what I mean? He's got another 20, 30% development in him. If he, if, if he's lucky enough to get through to that environment. So there's still more in Miles. And he, he is, he, he has been outstanding. He can, he's tough. He can beat people. He can run lines. Uh, absolutely outstanding culture. And again, just come down from Kendall for the trial. And he's got himself a job. I think he works for John Wilkinson, you know, he was telling right. me. Right. Do you know John Wilkinson? I said, yeah, go on. So, <laughs> the office is there. I didn't even know I was working for him. Wow. So he's working for John at the moment. And a, jo- a job he just went and got himself. So he's, he's, he's moved into the area uh, to give it a good go, mate. Mm. And that's why I say it's opportunity, isn't it? Um, talking about mm. opportunity, you've got uh, Daniel, Daniel Spencer, Tonks, try scorer mm. on, on Saturday. He's a big mm. unit as well. You've got I've known a few good forward, forwards. Yeah. Uh, Chris Worrell, another work, workaholic for me. Yeah, Chris has been great. I mean, he's, 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 had, he's had two injuries this year that's hampered him a little bit. So um, there's no expectation on Woz. I'm, I'm going to make sure that Woz is here next year and has a good goal. In terms of Daniel Spencer-Tonks, it's his first season in rugby league, Robert. He drives up from Gloucester once a week for training. Yeah, yeah. plays, and, and again, he's learned rugby league this year and um, is a flanker at Gloucester in rugby union. And I know he gets a good salary from all that. And of course, he plays prop in the middle for us. So I think I think you know he's probably a championship one player with potential to be more. I'm kind of hoping we can you know something happens good to Daniel so we can keep him. But I'm not sure he's got a family. It's been a big commitment to do this, mm. um, and he's, he's, he's hoping for, that something's going to happen for him. 
And that's what they're doing here. They're trying to break into professional rugby league. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, you know, trainer, he works his nuts off and a great attitude. So I can't speak highly enough of him because he's in the middle and he's brave. And some games when we've had no middles, he's been our he's been our lone carrier. Mm. So obviously, you know, talking about sort of the future and, and sort of further further development. What what's your sort of plans for sort of next season and beyond? Is there obviously how do you continue to attract these sort of players in? Yeah, so already with these this people wanting to come and join us now. So as the as the season's gone on, people have made themselves available. Uh, like Jordan Brown, who played at the weekend, it's likely he's going to leave Swinton and come and give us a go next year. He, he loves it that much. So automatically, we've got a really good front row. If you, you've got your Welsh connections, you've got your development academy. Um, so we've got five of, of Danny's best at development academies already training with us. Mm. We've got the Welsh kids already training with us. We haven't signed them. So there's another 10 players already there that mm. are in the system, Robert. All right. And they're going to put pressure on the kids we've already gone. Like Charlie Glover, we won't get for two years. Um, already he's playing for, for Wales under 16s and under 19s. And he's still not registered yet because he's still young. So uh, Charlie Glover is like another Sean O'Loughlin, if you like. Mm. Um, and nobody knows him, nobody's seen him yet. But we've got them in the system already training with us. And mm. it's highly likely, you know, though eight or nine of those will start to push um, into the reserves and take take the places of the one that's already there. Now, the lads know where they're at because we tell them, you know what I mean? So we make it really clear for them that you need to make the most of it while they're here, all right, because the next lot are coming. And that's mm. what that's what a pathway, it's not a club, it's no. just a facility within a pathway for the right first team players. That's all we're about. So it's, re reserves will always be transient, Robert. People will come and go. Uh, but you've always got to try and replace it goes out the other end for one reason or another with better. That's what we've got at the moment. So we've got some good players lined up for next year already. And we've still got to have, have we've another trial period in December as well that we'll advertise, see if we can pick up anybody else. So where, where do you see it in, in sort of five, seven years' time? The whole process? Yeah, so hopefully that Ian and Chris Irwin are successful at, at trying to get a Category 1 academy back again. If we get that right, then you become competitive with with all the Super League clubs for the Salford players. Because mm. as you know, you know, they, you know uh, they end up at places like Wigan or St. Helens and stuff and then maybe make their way back to us in reserves. We don't really want that. So if they develop, you know, if the, if the Category 1 academy can take off, um, then it gives somewhere for the Development Academy and the other local lads to travel through couple mm. of years with them and then they, fi they finish off with the reserves see if we can turn them into first team players because that's what we do we just follow we just follow everything that the first team do in terms of culture and training and programming and, and lifestyle and monitoring and stuff like that so we're pre preparing them for that next step so just I'd love to see that all back that pipeline back again so we're really competitive for the best young people in the Salford area I'm still picking up so you know odd anomalies from Wales and and, and other areas like that really and and, you know, we're producing, you know, two, maybe three first-team players per year. One's a bonus, uh, three, three's magical. Mm. But that's what we're about. That's all we need to be able to about. Um, we're not in for, you know, if you want to go and win a grand final, great. I've done that loads of times. I've won eight of them at the academy. But it, it doesn't mean anything. But Danny Maguire, Rob Burrows, uh, Michael McClure and Carl Ablett, lads of coach, they're, they're the wins, if mm. you like. If I've got that at Salford, that we're starting to produce good first-team players that then become internationals, play for the club for 10 years, that I'm happy. I've yeah. done my job. That's a DNA in it. I mean, and it helps that process of being a community club that mm. the community will see their players go through and get to the 
get to this first team sort of shirt as well, which brings everyone even closer together. That's right. I mean, you know, we will be judged more harshly more than anybody else by the local community, and the, and the way you, the, the way they, they get faith is is us transferring talent into first team players. Mm. So it is about that. We will be, you know, that's part and parcel of what we do. They'll they'll be savage and cruel on us if we don't, um, and savage savage and cruel on us when we do. That's the job. It's the nature of it. Just getting the local kids and and and, and, and knocking them into becoming really good Super League players for Salford. And that's and that'd be the dream, obviously, with a, a full team worth of, of local talent. Yeah, exactly. You know, a good percentage of them anyway. You know, we, we, you're always got, going to have to try and find something from outside the area. And again, you can't forget what Salford are good. It's Matty Smith, the name we were looking for. Matty that's Smith. Yeah. yeah. So you think about they're all international guys that won grand finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Salford's lap. So, and then we did a good job of them. So that's what, you know, while we still have local lads, we can't turn our nose up it's when, when these really talented young people drop in our laps and we do mm. a good job. So we've always got to have space for them. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to, to you, Stuart. Obviously, good luck in your, in your sort of role for next season and hopefully, uh, you know, more super talent coming through. Thanks for your time, Robin. Thanks for inviting me. I hope it was what you were looking for. Yeah, it's been great talking to you. Obviously, you know, vast experience in, in rugby league and uh, having you at Salford sort of uh, sort of boosts everybody. For me, I've, I've come off, come out of this conversation thinking, wow, this guy's uh, yeah. this guy's uh, immense. Yeah, it's a fantastic club to be at, Robert. It really is. And I've been in a lot of places. They don't care about you, but this place does. It's full of good people. Yeah, and that's what that's why you say it's it's about sort of coaching the the person, not the player. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, no, I'm no mug robber. I know a good place when I see one. I'm, I'm not going anywhere, mate. So that was Stuart Wilkerson talking to me after the game, Paul. And obviously, he's doing a fantastic job regarding the reserves. It's more about sort of development to get into a possible sort of Salford Super League team sort of three, five years down the line. Yeah, well, you know, listening to that that interview, you know, Stuart's got a good CV, hasn't he? He's very, very experienced. He's he's always worked all over the place, hasn't he? And I think to have someone of his experience and you know at the helm of the reserves, I think, uh, you know, is great for the club. It's been a, a, a new thing really for us. I know we had a reserves a couple of years ago, did it? And then it disbanded a bit, and then we've got it back this season. So it takes time really, doesn't it, for it to get together. Don't forget we've we've got sort of limited resources, haven't we? But this is a long term project, I think, really. So you know, down the the next few years, if we can see some players coming through, I think that that's what it's all about. You want that conveyor belt, and I think Stu, a good guy to have at the uh, at the forefront of it, leading it forward. Yeah, you talk about putting structures in place and building a, a culture uh, to, to, to take sort of the team and each player forward. Because obviously it's more about sort of the, how the person develops, really. He has, like you say, he's got a fantastic CV. We spoke to him about doing a podcast about his, his career uh, in the off-season. He, like, he coached Serbia national team. He's coached the French national team. He's coached uh, England Academy. Uh, he was assistant coach at Leeds when they won the double. So he's, he knows what, what good players uh, are like and he knows how to create them. And I think it's great that he's in, he's in the mix at Salford now because obviously a lot of people work hard behind the scene. But this guy, he's been there, he's done it. He knows what minerals, I'll say, a player needs to make it. And for him to be in, on hand working with our younger players, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing. Yeah, well, there's a programme on the television at the moment my friends told me about. It's a football programme. 
uh, I think it's about Crystal Palace, where the players are playing for contracts and things mm-hmm. like that. I've not actually watched it yet, but I've, I've, I've heard a bit about him. And I think from what he was telling me, they obviously want a skillful player, but I think they look at the, the player's character as well, don't they, in the home life and things like that, and how they are as a person. And I'm sure that happens in rugby league as well. I bet Stuart's got to do that. So you've probably got to be a bit of a father figure to the players as well, haven't you? And, you know, life's a stressful conveyor belt these days, isn't it? So you probably get to get all those minerals, if you like, and things right, haven't you? It's probably a tough job. It is a tough job, isn't it? If you're a youngster coming into professional sport, it's to make or break. It's it's, it's a cutthroat business, isn't it? So especially at the top. It's good that we've got them foundations in place, as we said before. We didn't have that pathway a few years ago, and, and now we're starting to get it. And You've got someone like Stuart, as we say, with the, with the great experience he's got. Uh, it can only be good for the club and you know the, the links we've got with the Welsh the young Welsh players that we've got as well that have come through and signed for us there's some talent there and that talent obviously needs nurturing and, and you know and Stuart and his team seem to be doing well and, and nurturing it we've had some good results haven't we it's been it's been amazing obviously more to come from Stuart and his, his boys in the next sort of years to come so that's all the match chat we'll see what's going on in the world of Salford Devils so before we go on to the news polls, what I'd say, big thanks to all our listeners who have donated through the Kofi in the last few weeks. Obviously, this podcast isn't sort of free to create, but obviously you donating allows me, Paul and Parker, to continue to create content for everyone to enjoy uh, Paul and it, all we can do is say thanks to everybody who's donated so far if you do obviously love what we do and you want to sort of donate to us then obviously follow the link and buy us all a coffee yeah very much appreciate it we've got some very loyal listeners haven't we that we've had for the last well for a while now mm-hmm. we, we seem to be a loyal band of people so you know thanks for, for listening and thanks for all your support and your nice messages as well and thanks for getting behind that yeah, blows my mind really. The the amount of people that listen and where they listen in the world, and obviously just take time out to listen to me, you and Parker, just spitball for an hour about what's going on in the world of Soul for Red Devils. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I can't thank you know everyone enough for for tuning in, interacting with us as well, which is important when we're trying to promote the podcast on Apple Podcasts and all that and Spotify. The more interaction, the better. So I can't thank you enough for for listening and uh, keep listening and uh, keep interacting. So that's uh, our news. <laughs> Other news: under fifty club is is up and running. Obviously, opportunity for fans to to help the club off the field by donating money to them. Yeah, and I believe that from what I've read into it, there's, there's some really exciting prizes in that, isn't there? Sort of prizes that money can't buy, if you like, you know. So uh, keep your eye out for that because I know it's. I think it's a one-off payment. I don't think you can do direct debit and things like that. And it sounds a lot of money, doesn't it? But you know, if you've got a bit of spare cash or whatever, and you can help the club out. I think it goes goes into the coffers, doesn't it? And yeah, you get a badge, don't you, and a, and a membership and, and and whatever. So I had a good read into it the other day. So it's something that I might try and do if I can. Get a bit of dosh together. It sounds good. Some of the prizes sound sound great. I think I can't remember what one was now. Was it Kicking uh, with Mark Sneed? Kicking with Mark Sneed, that was it. Yeah, I just, I just thought to myself, I thought, wow, that, that really cool prize, that, you know, to go and do something like that or go behind the scenes at the club. So uh, it's not like something that can happen every day. So it's, it's worth getting involved with if you can. 
Yep. Other news, 16th September, the Business Network event is taking place at the AGA Bell. It's from 9am to 11am. Obviously, if you're a business owner and you're listening to this and you're a Salford fan, opportunity to mix shoulders with the, the best in business in Salford, do a bit networking and also at the club. Mix shoulders? Do you mean rub shoulders? Both. Mix, mix, mix shoulders. I've not heard of that one before. I mean, oh, okay. No, no, I haven't heard that one before. But no, it sounds, sounds good. sounds good. Yeah, and it, it's good. We said before, haven't we, the business is in the heart of Salford. And if you can get involved with the club and get involved with that, I think it's uh, it's exciting stuff. Mix, uh, mix shoulders. We'll call that a robism. More to come. Rob, More to come with that. Rob Bingo. <laughs> Other news, Paul, we've got an entertainer in the marquee on Thursday. Jess Kemp is in the tent, banging out the tunes. Big game Thursday. Big crowd, hopefully down at the AJ Bell. And hopefully we'll be in the tent listening to her sing her songs. Yeah, well, I remember a couple of weeks ago that the club were asking, weren't they, for uh, acts and bands and, and people, and musicians and, and people like that to come down and, and do stuff. I don't know a lot about her, so uh, looking forward to listening and, and, and seeing what that's like. I'm sure it'll be good, I'm sure it'll be entertaining. It's a good atmosphere, isn't it, outside the ground before mm-hmm. the game. I, every time I roll up, there's always something going on, and you know the, the marquee always seems to be buzzing. There's plenty of people hanging about around there having a pint and that. So I'm sure it'll be good on on Thursday. There's a lot of anticipation now, isn't there? I mean, Hull have got um, a 24 point start on the bookies' coupe, and so according to the bookies, they're sniffing blood on Thursday night. I mean, I'm a bit more cautious, but no, it should be a great atmosphere. It always is. You know, it's a, it's a tele it's a tele game as well Thursday yep. night. No, I don't think it is. I think. It's, no, it's not. All the games are played sort of midweek because of the bank holiday, aren't they? So it's not on telly either. So, so yeah, get yourself down there if you can. It should be a good time. Don't forget to bet, bet responsibly, unlike Paul. <laughs> I do bet responsibly. Yeah. I only have 50, 50p's and pounds here and there. Oh, I'm not uh, a big a big one. Only coppers. Only coppers. How's the, how's the betting going so far? Is it up or down? I'm 20-odd pound up at the moment. I've got oh. a few... Little Irons in the fire. I've backed Huddersfield to beat Leeds tomorrow night. I think that was five to four. So I won some money on United. Yeah. I backed United to beat Liverpool. Both teams to score and United to win. I only put a pound on, so I only won six quid. But I put that six pound on Huddersfield to beat Leeds. That's how I do it, you see. I just have little wins here and there. So I fancied United to beat Liverpool and I just did. So mm. yeah, you, you, like one of them, you like one of them Facebook pages that say, put a tenner in, win 15 grand. But on a smaller scale. <laughs> That's always been my plan with betting. I've always thought if I ever win, I'll put my winnings on something else. Put my winning you know, and just build it like that. So if I win, if Huddersfield beat Leeds, then that winnings from that I'll plonk on something else. And that's my plan to be a millionaire. It's never happened, but it's just the excitement, isn't it? You have a couple of quid and, and you all starts from like a pound on it. So you never know. My betting is more like accumulators, like a like a fifteen team accumulator. So, and you're watching like grandstand on a Saturday, you're waiting for like League Two team to come through, and you're like, oh, even mm-hmm. though you know I've, I've I've only got about five or six right, but one day, one day, Paul, it'll come in, and um, yeah, by the club. Maybe. I do a lot of accumulators. <laughs> I do a lot. I tell you what, I've started doing now. I know we've both on a bit of a tangent here, but I do uh, both teams to score. I do a lot of them, both teams to score. I had one the other week where I picked about eighteen out. And I got 16 of them come in and it was a big it was big money as well. But you can't cash out on them. That's the only thing you can't cash out. So I've come close a few times, but uh, I've done a boxing accumulator. 
loads yeah. of different fights over the next two months. So they're all spread out over two months, but uh, only put like 50p on. So you don't win a lot, but you might win about 100 pound or something but chances are they won't but it's exciting isn't it? I suppose it's something to keep the interest up do you find yourself just watching BBC just as, as the minutes tick down the stats I watch I tell you what I do sometimes I watch that on the midweek I'll put that um, thing on Sky you know the video printer is it soccer not <laughs> yeah, soccer Saturday, but Gillette soccer special whatever yeah, it's yeah. called and it's used to be Jeff Stelling but someone else now yeah, yeah. and I'll be sat there watching the, the scores come in at the bottom and then you'll get a big cheer there and Dog will Jump off the couch, you know, scum top. I've just scored. <laughs> <laughs> passing, yeah. is, passing the time in the week. That's it. Don't forget, bet responsibly, but it's good fun when you do. Uh, last bit of news uh, England face Fiji at the AJ Bell 7th October. Opportunity for us fans to see England before the World Cup starts. Yeah, uh, this has been a bit of a bone of contention for me, really. I mean, I, I had tickets for this at Rochdale, aren't it? So I don't want to be controversial and have a go at Rochdale football, uh, like a lot of people are doing at the moment. But I've got my own opinion on it. I was a bit miffed because, I, you know, with Rochdale's link with that sort of Fiji and Fiji Rugby League and the Fiji sort of community in Rochdale, it would have been great for them to have this game. I think they were looking forward to it. But for one reason or other, I think the football team and the Rugby League team in Rochdale have had a bit of a disagreement and that game has now ended up at Salford so it's a shame for, for Rochdale but obviously with it being at Salford it's our gain and um, I'm sure we'll we'll put a good show on it it'll be a good uh, a good night I mean we've had International Rugby League at the AJ Bell before haven't we and had good crowds for it so hopefully there'll be some of our players in the team and it'll be a tough test I think against Fiji some of their players are from the Super League as well aren't they so uh, that'll be a big test and a real mouth-watering game to whet our appetites for the World Cup Yeah mate the the RAF as well. That was another good yeah. game. Uh, both uh, they'll be they'll be gunning for each other, literally. Yeah, that's like the uh, yeah that's the undercard, isn't it, to the main event? That so it should be a good night. That I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, does does King Von you are play for Fiji? He is a Fijian he, international. I don't think he's Fijian, played he? sort of in the last couple of years, but he's he's probably in. Well, he's not played as he for a while, but he could get a game. I think he's on the comeback trail, isn't he, from injury? So he mm-hmm. could possibly be there as well. If we get Callum Watkins in the England squad and maybe one or two others, I'm not sure how that squad's going to look. It should be a good night. It should be an exciting night. Like I said, it's like on the eve of the World Cup as well, isn't it? So everyone's going to be excited for that. So, I mean, I've been looking at the World Cup and you look at some of the venues where the game's going to be, it's spread all around the country. It's going to be really, really exciting a couple of weeks, isn't it? So, uh, Festival of Rugby League as well with the Wheelchair uh, World Cup, the Ladies World Cup. It's all happening. I think the autumn's going to be great. Yep. So, that's all the news. And now, we'll see what's going on in the world of Rugby League with White Size World of Rugby League. Here is this week's Devil the Detail World of Rugby League. I'll start off this week with a bit of news before we get into the uh, the nitty gritty of results and whatever. Amateur news this week. The schedule has been confirmed for the 2022 Physical Disability Rugby League Finals Day, which will be screened live on the Our League app from Bellevue Sports Village, Manchester, on Saturday, September the 10th, not far from Man City Stadium. That six teams will take part in a seven match event that will launch at 11 a.m and which will climax into a grand final at 2pm. The hopefuls in order of final league placings in 2022 are Wakefield Trinity, Leeds Rhinos, Warrington Wolves, Casford Tigers, Wigan Warriors and Bradford Bulls. PDRL, which was introduced to this country in 2018, has emerged from the COVID lockdowns in, in uh, you know, in, 
to go on to further strength, really, in 2023, hopefully, when Lee Centurions hope to form a team, while Bradford Bulls and Salford Red Devils have combined forces this season, plan to operate separate entities. Wales 2 have embraced the concept. The fixtures on the 10th of September as follows. Cast play Wigan at 11am. Then it's Warrington Bradford at half 11. Then Noon Wakefield play the lowest place qualifier. Then it's Leeds as the highest place qualifier for the semi-final at half 12. And then the playoff between the losing semi-finals at 1. And the final is at 2. So get yourselves down to that on uh, Saturday the 10th of September. Promises to be a good day. The Army and the RAF will go head-to-head for a prestigious Wing Commander Nick Marson Memorial Trophy, which is contested annually between the sides. This, this game is going to be played on Friday, October the Seventh, the game, which is also an inter-service rugby league challenge cup fixture, the competition also includes the Royal Navy, is being played at Salford's AJ Bell Stadium at 5 p.m. and will act as an appetising curtain raiser for England's World Cup warm-up match against Fiji. Paul Schofield, MBE, who is a member of Sean Wayne's England coaching staff, said it's great that the RFL have been able to provide the platform for the Army and the RAF. So yeah, get yourselves down to that. Should be a cracker that, and a great game, you know, for England to to play at the AJ Bell Stadium as well as the as the uh, as the main event after that. So uh, so sounds good. Get yourselves to that. That game is on October the seventh. So uh, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to find details about that on the internet anyway. So let's move on to the Northwest Men's League. Not a lot to bring you this week. There was only one score, I think. Well, I've got two, but. There's one in Division 2, which was played uh, on Saturday the 20th of August, and it was Salford City Roost with a big win. They beat Warnley Central by 38 points to 6. There was one result in Division 4, South and East. Higginshaw nil, Oldham St. Anne's nil. I'm going to do a bit of investigating because I don't know whether that was nil-nil or whether it was a called-off game or whatever, so we'll find out for you on that. The fixtures for this week, Thursday the 25th of August, Division 1, Lee Minor Rangers A face Folly Lane. Division 2, Wigan Springview at home to Salford City Roost. That's also a Thursday, along with Oldham St. Anne's A against Waterhead Warriors. There's one fixture on Saturday between Higginshaw and Langwith Reds, that's in Division 4, South and East. Well, before we travel 12,000 miles or so over to the NRL, we'll have a look at the, uh, the National Conference League. Rochdale-Mayfield were beaten on Saturday in the Premier Division by Siddle by 26 points to 12. In Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers beat Mighton Warriors by 24 points to 22. And in Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's beat Bentley by 36 points to 6. And Waterhead Warriors had a big win. They beat Millen by 84 points to 16. Just one fixture involving our local sides this weekend. Saturday the 27th of August, Saddleworth Rangers at home to Kells in Division 1. Well, let's do it. Let's head over to the NRL and check out what's been going on there. It was round 23 at the weekend. Some strange scores again to bring you. North Queensland Cowboys beat New Zealand Warriors by 48 points to 4. Brisbane Broncos 12, Melbourne Storm 60. Big result there for Melbourne, but Brisbane have been going really well as well. South Sydney Rabbitohs 22, Penrith Panthers 26. A late try there in that game, giving uh, the Panthers victory. Liam Martin going over, and, and they've celebrated the minor premiership winning trophy as well. The Penrith Panthers winning that game, so a big win for the Panthers. Parramatta Reels 42, Canterbury Bulldogs 6, Manly Seagulls 6, Cronulla Sharks 40, Sydney Roosters 72, West Tigers 6, St George Irrawarra Dragons 46, Gold Coast Titans 26, and Newcastle Knights 22, Canberra Raiders 28. We're talk about these good defence in Australia, but there's some massive scores there this weekend just gone. Uh, the fixtures for round 24 Thursday, Brisbane play Paramount Reels on Sky Telly at 10.50. On Friday, Penrith face New Zealand Warriors at 9am. The telly game is at 5-11, to 11, that's Melbourne Storm against Sydney Roosters. On Saturday morning, Canberra play Mel- uh, Manly at 6am. Cronulla Sharks play Canterbury Bulldogs at 8.30, and the telly game is 10.35 between 
South Sydney Rabbitohs and North Queensland Cowboys. There's two games on Sunday. West Tigers against St George Illawarra and Gold Coast against Newcastle Knights. So, Penrith Pampers are six points clear. They've won the minor premiership. They're top. North Queensland Cowboys are second with 34 points. Cronulla Sharks are third with 34 points. Melbourne Storm are fourth with 32. Then it's Parramatta with 30. Sydney Roosters with 28. South Sydney Rabbitohs with 28. Brisbane Broncos with 28. And then just outside the playoffs, Canberra Raiders have got 26. So, it's so close in the uh, in the NRL. So, yeah, looking forward to round 24 coming up this weekend. Well, talking about big scores, there was plenty in the domestic uh, action this week. But we'll have a look at the Super League first. It was round 24. Catalan Dragons 14. Salford Red Devils 46. What a win there for Salford. Tries from Sneed, Croft, Watkins got two. CO, Atkin, Briley and Dion Cross. Five from six from Mark Sneed and two from two from Ryan Briley. I had to give that a special mention, but we're talking about that on a podcast, no doubt. Huddersfield 36, Castleford Tigers 10, Hull FC 18, Wakefield Trinity 26, Leeds Rhinos 24, Warrington Wolves 18, St Helens 38, Hulkingston Rovers 12 and Wigan Warriors 52 to lose Olympic 6. In Betfred Championship Round 24, Barrow 24, Featherstone 34, Bradford Bulls 4, Whitehaven 12, Halifax Panthers 42, Newcastle Thunder 10, Lee Centurions 100, York City Knights 4, London Broncos 30, Batley Bulldogs 20, Witness Vikings 18, Sheffield Eagles 30 and Workington Town 16, Dewsbury Rams 22. There was a game last Monday that finished York City Knights 16, Bradford 20. So not a good week for York, losing 100 points to 4. At least centuries. Betfred League One, round 20. Cornwall 12, Oldham 32. Doncaster 18, Keithley 48. North Wales Crusaders 28, Rochdale 24. Swinton Lions 38, Hunslet 12. And West Wales 4, Midland Hurricanes 36. So the Championship, Lee Centurions are five points clear of Featherstone Rovers. Then come Halifax, Batley, Barrow, and York City Knights. Uh, after that there's an 8 point gap to Sheffield Eagles the bottom 2 at the moment is Burkington Town and Dewsbury Keith Cougars have played 18-1-18 they're going to be promoted to the Championship the playoffs at the moment is North Wales Crusaders then follow Swinton 2 points behind them Doncaster Rochdale Hornets and Hunslet in the Super League St. Helens the top Wigan a second 6 points behind St. Helens and it's Huddersfield 3 points behind Wigan then follow Catalan Dragons Leeds Rhinos and Salford are on 24 points just above Castleford on points difference. It promises to be a really exciting run with just three games to go. The action this week, there's a match on Wednesday the 24th of August. There's a Sky game, 8 o'clock, Leeds Rhinos against Huddersfield Giants. So for Salford supporters, we'll be cheering on Ian Watson and his men there. Hopefully Huddersfield can turn Leeds over. On Thursday, there's uh, four matches. Salford play Hull at 19.45. Uh, Toulouse Olympic play Catalan Dragons at half past seven. 1945, I don't know where that one from. 7.45. Wakefield against Old Car at half seven. And Warrington play Castleford at eight o'clock. On Friday, the 26th, Wigan play St. Helens on the telly at eight o'clock. York City Knights play Sheffield in the Betfred Championship. Holt Slip play Doncaster in Betfred League One. Then there's more matches on Saturday in the Betfred Championship. Featherstone against Workington. Newcastle against Barrow. London Scholars face Midlands Hurricanes in Betfred League One. And then on Sunday, Hull play Toulouse Olympic in the Super League in Betfred Championships Halifax Panthers against Bradford Lee Centurion play Witness and Whitehaven play London in the Betfred League 1 Keithley play North Wales Crusaders Rochdale play West Wales Raiders and Swinton play Oldham on Sunday and on Bank Holiday Monday it's Cast Tigers against Salford at half past three Catalan Dragons face Lee Rhinos at six o'clock that's a telly game Huddersfield play Warrington at three Hulkingston Rose play Wigan at three and St. Helens play Wakefield at three there's one match on Premier Sports at 7.45 that's Dewsbury Rams against the Batley Bulldogs so yeah that's all I've got for you this week take care I'll see you at Salford on Thursday night for the game against Hull and hopefully see you on a Monday at Castford as well take care and have a good week so that was Whitesides World of Rugby League and now we'll look forward to the game on Thursday against Hull FC <laughs>
So, we'll start with the ladies who are the early kickoff on Thursday. Paul, they face Hull FC ladies. Obviously, Salford still top of the table. It's a, it's a big game that they need to keep winning. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, and it's, it's another big game. It's great that it's at the AJ Bell, you know, on the same night because there's been a lot of games this season where the ladies' games have clashed with the men's team and people have been uh, not been able to watch both matches. Uh, so it's great that they both... It should be a great carnival atmosphere, as I said before. Hopefully the weather holds out and we have a really good night and it showcases what the ladies can do. You know, let the, the rest of rugby league see because they've been doing a great job. And I've said it before, they've probably not got the publicity they deserve. I mean, they had great publicity on Channel 4, but... Not- I had the publicity that deserve in the, in the press anyway, so we'll get behind them if you can get down there early. I'm hoping to get down there early on Thursday. Cheer them on to another victory because they've been going really well. I think they're expected to win now, aren't they? You know, the, the rugby that they've been playing, it's a bit like the, the men's team. Everyone expects us to win now, so there's a bit of expectation and anticipation on Thursday night. Yeah, 5.15 kick-off. Uh, I know when they faced Hull, I think it was a bit of a bit of a rollover score. I think we played really well that, that day. But I know Hull have had a couple of good weeks, good couple of good wins. So I'm sure, a bit like Warrington Lunas a couple of weeks ago, they'll be looking at this as a as a cup final. So it will be a it will be a very entertaining game. Don't forget five fifteen kickoff. So like Paul said, if you if you're in the area, get down early and support the ladies. Let's talk about Paul Rowley's men now. They face Hull FC also. Paul, it's we're in the race for for a playoff spot. Got to win. Yeah, it's a must-win game. And as I mentioned, we, we talked about bookies before. They give Hull a twenty-four point start, so they they can't see Hull winning that game, can they? So I'm always a bit more cautious than that. I think you've got to give them respect. You can't just turn up and expect to roll over. We've got players like Luke Gale in the team. We know how well he can play on his deck. You know, he beat us in that Challenge Cup final. He dropped goal, didn't he? You've got Danny Alton in there and Scott Taylor. A lot of experience in that side. I'm pretty sure Jake Connor's injured, so he's a bit of a hole out of their side. But, no, they're not a bad team, are they? I think they're only a couple of points behind us on, on the on the league table. So, they're no mugs. They're in a, in a bad run of form. So, they're going to be... They've probably not got a lot to play for now. They're, they'll probably move the ball about as well. So. I've, I mean, you're the same. You've seen Salford lose many games like this before where we're expected to win. So I think you've got to approach it and just go out there and, and, and do your stuff, express yourself and get the win. I'd settle for a 4-0 or 6-4 or whatever. As long as we get the two points on Thursday night, I think that's all that matters. It's textbook playoff strategy, really. You've got to win your own games. You nick the odd one away and then you beat the sort of the top sides around the top of the table the odd time through the season. That's how you make a, make a playoff. And we've struggled to do that. But we are in a box seat. Now, Paul, it, the pressure, it has been, hasn't, as you think it's been on us in the last few weeks, obviously we've created our own pressure with minerals, but the game's changed now. The name of the game now isn't proving him wrong. It's about proving we're a playoff team. Wilkin. Is it John Wilkin? Yeah, John Wilkin. Yeah, yeah. Worry about that. The pundits say they'll always have an opinion about things, won't they? And if you look at our form over the last month or two, barring that Leeds game, I mean, for by all accounts, you know, everyone said we should have won that game, really. So we could have done, I think, if we'd have gone a different way. So we've been pretty good. We've been pretty solid, and 
we talk about beating top teams, but beat Catalan at home, uh, beat Catalan at home, beat Catalan away, beat St. Helens at home, beat Huddersfield at home. We've beaten, apart from Wigan, I think we've beaten all the, all the top sides, really, haven't we? And, and convincingly as well, you know, look at the Catalan and Saints games. We absolutely battered them and they were the, the, the top two sides in the grand final last year. So Hull are a side for me that every year they tip to do well, aren't they? And, you know, people seem to say they're going to do this, they're going to do that. The chairman puts his money where his mouth is and spends a load of money. And, and for one reason or other this season, they've, they've got a lot of injuries, I think, that's not helped them. Um, and they've struggled. I think they had a good start to the season and have, have fell away big time, haven't they? So if they hadn't have had such a good start, you probably would have seen them in a relegation battle. I think they'll be coming to, to prove a point, won't they? They've, they've had a few hidings recently, so no doubt they'll want to put a few wrongs right. Yeah, just got to hold our nerves. I've nearly butchered a, a Chinese proverb, Paul. What you've got to do, quiet heads and big hearts wins matches. I did have a quick look and see if, if I did butcher one, but I didn't. But I did find a couple of Chinese proverbs that kind of gives an idea where we are. Uh, do you want me to share them with you? Are these the ones that I sent on that WhatsApp group? Yes. Did you post them? I was reading them. He who thinks thought, too much it? about every step will stay on one leg, which is our leap into the unknown of playoff rugby. And do not believe you can reach the destination without leaving the shore which is yeah. what it's all about. It's all about believing that you're a playoff side. And just like birds in the nest, when they are born, they jump out the nest and they've got to fly, aren't they? And I think we talk about traditional playoff teams, the likes of Huddersfield, Warrington, Hull, Castleford. They're in the playoffs more than they're not. So they know at this business end of the season with three games to go, They've got to go and win, and that's that's the that's the ball game. How you win doesn't really matter as long as you register them, them two points. That's all that matters. And they know if we're all the birds in the nest, they know they can jump out and they'll fly. And we've got to realise that that we can. Well, was that one that that famous French fella said that time? And the seagulls follow the trawler. There no sardines will be thrown into the sea. That was a good one, wasn't it? That was, was great. Well, he had a sip of water, didn't he, in between? That, that was quality, <laughs> that. absolute quality. I agree. They're good, very good there. I mean, yeah, it is like that now. It's it's come to that, that point of the season now where it's the point of no return, really, isn't it? I mean, mm. we can get rid of this whole game. I mean, I love Paul Rowley's philosophy of they don't look any further than the next game. I mean, you can't do. You, you've got two games in quick succession now, Thursday and Monday, which are going to be difficult to overcome, you know, especially with the, our squad and having so many players. So you've got to box this one off. And then Castleford, I think Castleford play Warrington. On, on Thursday night that could go either way that game mm. that's a, a real 50-50 I know Warrington are the biggest enigma in Super League in 2022 aren't they but they've been there or thereabouts haven't they the last few weeks so if they could do us a favour and win that one I think Huddersfield go to Leeds on tomorrow night don't they Wednesday night we're doing this Tuesday so Huddersfield could do us a massive favour there and beat Leeds uh, we've just got to keep doing the business haven't we it's in our own hands we play Cass Monday we take two points off them I think Leeds go to Perpignan on Monday to play Catalan. That's a massive game for them. And then we finish off with the Enigma team, don't we? Warrington on, mm. on the Saturday. So you'd have to say as a, as a betting man, you'd fancy us to beat Hull and Warrington, wouldn't you? So we've just got to do the business. I think we've just got to, we've just got to play the, the rugby we've been playing over the last couple of months and, and it's there for us, definitely. 
just jump off the jumping point and expect to fly. And you will. Yeah, there's another one. There's another one, you see. Yeah. Follow them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> predictions. Park is, must be, is the internet must be down here to less. I've not got his uh, for this week. So what's yours? I've not wrote on my League Express this week. I've done my predictions. How's your... How's, How's the league going? Prediction title going. He was in Italy last week, so he was. He must have had a scratch week. Yeah, I don't think he's doing too bad. Parky, him and my dad are up there. I think Barry Jones is up there, another Salford supporter as well. I think the Salford supporters are, are ruling the roost this season. Apart from right. me, I think I'm about seventh, so I'm not doing too bad. I've gone for. Um, I don't know, that's me cast prediction. I'll give you that as well if you want. I've gone for two wins actually. Over Holland cast. I've got a 28-12 on Thursday night to Salford. 28-12. Is there a story behind that? Uh, I've got Joel Burgess as my star try scorer again this week. So, okay. um, yeah, Burgess to, to go over for the first try. So, I'm going to go quick start for Salford. And obviously, Hull will come back into it, but then we'll finish with a flourish. So, I'm going to go Salford 50, Hull 20. And we'll go Ken Seal Hattrick. Take it. I take any win, mate, to be honest. I'm really nervous about this game. I think it's just why we get a good start. I think if we can get a good start, like you say, we could we could get a big score. Because I think it's one of them our holes are they on the beach because they've not got a lot to play for. I'm hoping so, and I'm hoping Warrington will be as well. But yeah, I'd I'd take fifty twenty. I do me that. <laughs> Right, so that's the end of this week's podcast. Another great show, Paul. Yeah, really enjoyed it, mate. Looking forward to Thursday. And let's hope we get a big crowd as well because we've not mentioned that. Have we? This this team deserves a good attendance, I think, on Thursday. Hopefully the public of Salford will, will come and see it because they're playing some smashing rugby. And if you can't watch this team now, you're never going to watch a, a good team. So some of the best rugby I've seen in a long time. So get down there Thursday, you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I'm just obviously talking about sort of the promotion of the game and, and all that. I I just thought, I just wish the club would have put out a promotion to try and entice the fans who they try to entice with these special days like the school days or the police days or the armed forces day because this this is the kind of day this is the kind of game you cash your chips in for me but we'll have to wait and see obviously Thursday night uh, but it's in the summer holidays so you're hoping for a for a reasonable attendance yeah definitely mate it's probably hard for the club isn't it because They've got to make a bit of dosh, haven't they? So if you put these things, and I don't know whether they make money on these sort of nights, so you'd have to speak to Paul King about that. But you'd expect, surely to God, if you've seen the scores recently, and you're a bit of a floating fan, you'd be thinking, well, I fancy that on Thursday night because it's not on the telly. So if I want to see it, I've got to go live and watch it live. I'm, I'm hoping so because at the moment, the, the rugby's that good. I can't wait for Thursday because I know I'm going to be entertained. Mm. I've been to Salford games, as you have in the past, as we all have, where we've been thinking, oh, it's damage limitation. And I know we're going to get beat, but I just thought we'd keep them under 30. But you can't say that now. It's it's exciting. I mean, I spoke to a few people, like my dad, recently, and he's, yeah, I'm confident. And he's never confident. He's always sort of, well, I'm not too sure, but he thinks he's going to panel. So, if, if people like that I think it's, it must be true it's definitely worth going to watch and yeah I can't, I can't wait for Thursday it's going to be going to be a great night let's just hope it's, we pull it off and we don't play like a load of wallies and get beat <laughs> yeah hopefully hopefully wallyless I'll be like where's Wally if we don't get beat we'll, we win and we don't oh, I'm, sure, I'm, sh- I'm sure we'll be alright mate yeah 
Yep. So big thanks for, for listening to this week's podcast. Don't forget, you can donate to our Kofi if you like what we do and the content that we produce. You follow the link and the Paul and Parker a coffee. Big thanks for tuning in to this week's Devil the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. See you soon.